everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. Hot Takes Wednesday. Yes, we're back. It's a Wednesday, and we're doing some hot takes. It's been a while. Apologies that it's uh, disappeared off your radar, but it's back on UAV Online. And we are here for another episode of some crazy hot takes from you, pre-submitted on social media for us to react to. Now, of course, alongside me is the WTF1 founder, Tom Bellingham, who you'd think would have had, had enough of me saying that by now, but still well and truly written. It's in been 84 contract. years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, you did you did slap me the other day, didn't you? Because uh, I hadn't been saying it recently. And so you um, you whipped me back into shape. But you're Absolutely. here, Tommy. How are, you, how are you finding 2023? Happy New Year. Happy everybody. New Year. Yeah. First stream of the year. Let's do it. Let's let's bring back our washed opinions 2023. Yeah, and maybe some other people's washed opinions as well, uh, because they are the submitted takes. So let's get into it. And I haven't seen any of these. If this is your first Hot Takes Wednesday, I have not seen any of these hot takes, so I'm reacting blindly. Tommy's seen them, but he said that he's forgotten. So that is certainly something. The first hot take of the evening, or morning or afternoon, wherever you are, is... Jeddah is arguably the best street circuit on the calendar. Well, I think anyone will argue on anything if you're on F1 Twitter, but I will gladly say I agree. Dub. That's an absolute big yeah. dub, uh, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, I, I think that Baku does have a shout on its day. They've had a couple of absolute worldies there in Baku. But Jeddah, I think, from a circuit layout perspective, I agree. I think it, it's it's dangerous as hell, which probably makes it quite, mm. you know, can make it quite chaotic to watch. Uh, so I think there are still improvements to be made to the circuit. But in terms of racing, the massively long straights, the hard braking zones, um, I think for racing, it's got because look, we're we're judging this on what a couple of years that we've seen yeah. seen it on the calendar. Two bangers, Baku, let's be honest. Baku has had two bangers, but then a few mediocre to poor ones. Um, so you have to go off what what we've seen. Singapore doesn't even come into the the, the conversation for me. I, I would put no. that in my bottom five. It looks amazing. What about Monaco? Uh, Monaco <laughs> not even, shouldn't even be on the calendar. I've already deleted How it out of my brain. Uh, but no, I, I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to give it a five, and I will go as far as saying that oh, there's something... That circuit is absolutely bonkers. And you're right. There are moments where I watch some of it sometimes and it makes me wince. Uh, they've, they've made some changes to it. Uh, and there's part of me that's... And this will divide opinion, this one. I can already see a lot of people in the chat going, one and five. Um, some people will love it, think it's absolutely insane. Um, and some people will just think, like, this is not suitable um, and it's far too dangerous and just ridiculous. So... Dare I say that Saudi, if you actually just took the circuit layouts, um, not even taking street circuits aside, I'd almost say that it's one of the best layouts on the entire calendar because I just think it's insane. I, I just, when that when that circuit got announced, I could not believe that that was a twenty twenty one Grand Prix circuit. Do you know what I mean? When you saw it, I remember, I think we saw it first in the F1 game, didn't we? And we're like, this is going to be absolutely mad. And, and, it, was. Quali- and it was. Qualifying, 
is insane. You know, Verstappen's lap that he had there in 2021—it's thrilling. It was thrilling, wasn't it? And you just there's that jeopardy of someone could hit the wall at any moment. Uh, and we've had two pretty damn good races there as well. It has to be said, uh, with lots of controversy, battles for the lead, excitement. Um, so yeah. And the viewers also agree with this. Uh, we had 44% that voted for five, 33% voted for four, 9% voted for one, then 8% two, and 5% three. So there are a few people out there that absolutely go against this. Now, the word arguably maybe has confused a few people in terms of the statement made by Iniapa. Iniapa? Iniapa? Whatever. Um, but I think what they're trying to say is that Jeddah is the best streak circuit on the calendar, and I will happily agree with that one. Uh, what have a few people said in the chat? Okay, I thought this was a way more div uh, divisive opinion. People are consistently talking about the danger and the problems, but it's so damn exciting. I think that's what I 100% agree, about, right? yeah. It is It is a bit of a plane crash waiting to happen, and I feel like... But so is Baku, right? One, one then, like that. I don't know, that's straight. There's still less, something about it. Uh, I, yeah, I think obviously Formula One has its dangers anyway. Baku, crazy, yeah. crazy straight. I think that the the problem with what Saudi is is that there's blind corners into incredibly fast sections of the track, and that's where the the problems lie. Right? If a driver makes mistakes, a driver comes around the flying around a corner over 100 miles. Yeah, we saw that pileup, didn't we? With uh, is it Mazepin and I want to say. There's a few went in Perez, there in 2021. There. Yeah, there's yeah. quite a few. And thankfully, that was a, sm a slower part of the track. You know, yeah. that was after the first few corners. Um, but no, I, I still agree that it is the best street circuit. But I, I feel like public opinion might sway very quickly on the actual circuit itself if we have a, a catastrophic incident there. Mm, um, true. So, right, moving on to the hot take number two. The next first time that I... Let's try that again. <laughs> the next first time world champion was not on the grid in 2022. Max or Lewis will be champion whilst they are both in F1. Sorry, right? Let's... So, so they're, they're basically saying that the next new world champion is not on the grid right now. So, what? yeah, that's yeah. that's a hard one from me, Paisley. I'm sorry, yeah. Paisley 008 F1. Because realistically, there's so much there's so much talent on the grid right now in decent teams. Yeah, because yeah, if you look at say like Lewis Hamilton, for example, I know we he's now talking about going on forever, but three years, you're probably looking at three, four years tops, maybe. Um and you look at Leclerc, like Verstappen, even if you know he wins all the way to 2026, they talk of he might retire as well. And then there's a new regulation change. Like in four years' time, sorry, it'd be three. Yeah, four yeah, four years' time when there's the new regs, you're still gonna have the likes of Russell, Leclerc, um, Lando, all it all in a good stage of their career. They'll all be sort of like not quite 30 yet. You know that they one of those guys is going to win a title. No, no chance that it's going to be someone completely new that's in like F three right now. No, no chance. They, the only, the only exception to this, right, is if McLaren get their get their act together and have a car that is a worldie in twenty twenty three, and then Piastri beats Norris. 
That's the <laughs> yeah. only reality yeah, uh, where it could come uh, to fruition. But uh, no, as I say, there's so much talent. There's, well, I mean, the first time chat, you've got Leclerc hasn't won a title. You've got signs with Ferrari as well. You've got George Russell in a Mercedes. There's plenty uh, of yeah. opportunities there uh, for, for the young drivers. Uh, it's such an exciting time, I think, for Formula One as well. We've got to the stage now where these young drivers have enough if you're a football fan, caps under their belt and, or, you know, race appearances where they're not, they are young, but they're also pretty experienced in the sense of they can now take it to more experienced teammates. George Russell beat Lewis Hamilton over the course of the 2022 season. That there are plenty of examples of where these, these young talent, the young, whatever you want to call them, whippersnappers uh, are taken over from the old guard. So, and also, as well, not not to disrespect the upcoming junior formula, but I've not seen anything. No, really I agree. The right home about uh, of the the Formula Two, Formula Three categories at the moment. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot now and and oh. name me one driver. Like, if we're if we're saying like that won't happen, who will it be? Who will be the say, next? First I'm going to say George. I'm going to say George Russell. Charles Leclerc. What a stupid question, Tommy. Even if I don't believe it, <laughs> I will. Uh, I will back it. Now, I th- yeah, fair. I yeah, I think there's more chance of George Russell being a world champion before Charles Leclerc. George has proved already last year that he's got the absolute minerals to deliver consistency and also incredibly be incredibly fast. Um, people are going, oh, he won't be Lewis Hamilton every season. Well, he did this season. Yes, whatever reasons they were, you can hold on to those. But the, re- the you know the reality is he has got uh, an incredible, um, consistent package underneath him. So, as much as it hurts me to say, it's more that I don't trust Ferrari than I don't trust Charles Leclerc. That's why I that, yeah that's exactly why what I replied to you with when I was like oh is Leclerc gone to a different mm. <laughs> different team then because yeah Ferrari uh gonna need something special to beat the likes of Mercedes and uh, Red Bull and Verstappen. Sorry, common sense took over uh, from me a second there. I'm going to go back to saying Charlotte Club because uh, I'm a uh, um, not a fanboy, just passionate. Right, next. Oh, take, we're going for one, aren't we? I didn't even see what the poll results were, uh, chat. Uh, the poll was 82% one uh, and then very little else. Okay, one, so only one person One person voted five. <laughs> okay, and that was probably the person that submitted. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Let's move on to the next hot take. The third hot take comes in from cricket underscore MHI, and it is Alonso's move to Aston Martin will show that Vettel really wasn't doing that well in his final two years of Formula One. Gut feel. Oh, well. Oh, well mm. The only comparison I think we're going to get here is teammate comparison. So if Alonso wipes the floor with Stroll the whole year, then we can say that, okay, maybe Vettel was very much out of his peak period in his Formula One career. I don't think you can, if both Alonso and Stroll are performing at a decent level, I don't think you can go, oh, well, Vettel was washed because it's more about the car and the development. And Aston Martin from the start of the year, who were the absolute most washed team in the world in 22, and then towards the end actually got to grips with the car a bit and was scoring some points. That was a huge trajectory of improvement. I'd, I think Alonso will prove that he's a, he's a better driver than what Vettel is. If that's what this statement is saying. Um, but I don't, I don't know how you would. Prove. Yeah. It's it's difficult to prove that 
I I obviously no one will be surprised one bit for me to say that I think Alonso is going to do a better job. Um, I don't think there's anyone better in F1 when it comes to getting something out of a mediocre car than Alonso. But even if he, like you say, wipes the floor with Stroll or even just does like a pretty damn good job, that's not by any stretch meaning that Sebastian Vettel did a bad job. I think that, that that's where the question for me is like, I do think Alonso will do a lot better than maybe Vettel did, but I don't think Alonso, Alonso, in my opinion, would have to completely whitewash Stroll, get the best of the rest for you to categorically go, oh, this just proves Vettel was bad. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think that will happen even as the biggest Alonso cheerleader out there. <laughs> so... I'd give it a two, maybe not a one, but oh, I don't know, maybe a three. Because it is, is how you interpret the question, because I don't think it means... Yeah. I, don't... I think it, what it's saying is that Vettel was a little bit washed at the end of his career and that if Alonso mm-hmm. turns up at Aston Martin and does a really, really good job, it will show that Vettel wasn't actually doing that great. I don't think by any stretch that he was doing a bad job in that Aston Martin, but... I think you have to be a certain kind of character to have just the tenacity to just, as you say, grind out results every single week. And and Alonso making the most of of a of a, a mediocre car is something he's he's very very good at, um, and he's willing to go above and beyond uh, to to achieve that. So I would say Alonso's motivated, maybe more so motivated than what Vettel was at the end of his Aston Martin career, because of course, you know, he's probably thinking about retiring and and that's the reason why he did retire. I'm I'm sure as I think was it his dad that sort of alluded to him having stresses outside of, of formula one. And that was more all he wanted to do was drive was away. Yeah. All he wanted to do was drive and not the very grueling side of, of it, everything else. Mm. So I, I would say, Two, because I don't think Vettel did a bad job at Aston Martin at all. You know, they were very much trying to figure out all of these problems that were going on with the car. And it's very difficult to judge that, right? If your car's rubbish you and you're going to finish 14th rather than 17th, it's a very difficult thing to pick up on. Uh, but towards the end of the season, we saw some 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 decent results. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a two. Uh, and I think 43% was a two as well uh, for for the poll. So there you go. Nice. Yeah, I'd, I'd go. You've got for to put a, respect on Vettel's name. I thought we did a decent job, um, but I think Alonso will do a better job in that scenario next year than maybe what Vettel did in the in the previous two years we've just seen. Fair, good. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Lovely. All right, we move on to the next hot take. Comes in from Blue Shay Three. Audi will pull a Honda. A few years into Audi being an F1, they will pull out and abandon the F1 project. I think this is more long-term, in my opinion. It, it it very much depends on how good they are when they do finally take over completely. And it also depends on Formula One's ambition and vision moving forward. Audi are joining because there is a tie-in with road cars, whatever. You know, there's, there's clearly a reason for it, uh, for them being a part of it. It's a difficult one. I, if they're doing well, they won't. If they, if they're doing really badly, then then potentially. Of course, they're taking over from a team that isn't doing massively well at the moment. 
So it's going to need a hard slog. I think I'm I'm a little bit on the fence here, as you can tell. So I'm probably going to mm-hmm. sit with a three for this one. Uh, Tommy, what do you think? I'm going to go four, maybe even five. Dare I say, I, I'm of the opinion that I'm going to even throw it even more extreme and say that I wouldn't be hugely surprised, I don't want this to happen, if in 2026, Audi have already decided they're not coming to Formula One and have actually bailed on the whole project. And that's, in my opinion, manufacturers are always unpredictable. Uh, We've seen it before where they just disappear at the drop of a hat. Honda, a prime example, as this question kind of alludes to. BMW and Toyota did it. In you know the car industry and the way the world is now, with um, you know everyone uh, thinking more about the environment and car manufacturers have a huge responsibility in that. The world's going to be so different in twenty twenty six. It's still like quite a long time that I could see in twenty twenty six. Like God knows, I know this is like really over the top and dramatic, but like, what if some crazy fuel or amazing things been invented by 2026 and Audi are like, no, this is completely the wrong thing to do to go into Formula One and burn fuel for fun or like like God knows what the environmental situation is going to be like in 2026. So they might even just pull the plug altogether. And I would say that I could see, yeah, I, I don't think you can ever trust manufacturers. Um they they flip flop and change. And the worrying thing for me is that it is they've gone yeah i'm joining formula one and it's quite a way down i mean look at porsche they there was like it was convinced that they were going to be in formula one and they've not joined so and that didn't even start so that seemed like a bit miscommunication though didn't it between themselves and red bull about what actually was going to go down or maybe not miscommunication but you know they wanted a certain stake in red bull didn't they and red bull weren't willing to to give that up uh so maybe i feel like that was slightly different circumstances because i mean you know of course if you're porsche and then they've been offered a piece of the pie at red bull you're not going to say no to that but then as soon as they've obviously that agreement's fallen through they've gone well actually well i don't want to go and take over a sauber or you know because that's a lot more work than joining a winning outfit isn't it so yeah exactly yeah the, the thing is we just have no idea what Sauber's going to be like because no. it's bold to assume that they're going to be any good and then Scuderia Sandbags in the chat says suicidal made the wrong move then I mean they are making all the noises of putting the foundations in place for a at least a mid-term sort of uh challenge and and taking part in Formula One but as you say things can change very quickly can't they they can pull out change their minds whatever uh, but for me, I don't think that'll happen. I think with the way that maybe things are going, it will work with with what they're trying to achieve a, a bit better. But who knows? That's why I went with a three. But you've won the four and a five. Fifty uh, percent mm. in the chat voted for three, so they are also balancing with me on the middle fence. of the fence. They have no idea, and neither do we. So there you go. That's why you tune in to our terrible opinions. Next and final hot take of the evening, submitted from you on social media is F1 will be a spec class in the future. Fans want closer racing. F1 wants closer racing. With all the limiting of development right now, it will happen sooner than we think. One, I could, if I could give it a zero, I would. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. 
spec class racing. Formula One is the pinnacle of motorsport. Teams are involved and put a hell of a lot of money towards winning and have these massive factories, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I cannot for a second think that they will even the playing field for teams to paint their you know, cars and sponsors and their own team, but not to have any kind of input, especially the bigger teams. The bigger teams would never sign up for a spec class series because they have an advantage in the fact that they can spend up to the cost cap. Not every team can. Um, so for me, it's a solid one. Sorry, Mark Boots, who uh, submitted this, but I, I can't I can't see it happening ever. I'm going to go four. <gasps> dun, dun, what? Dun. Okay. This, um, is, this is big. This is big, yeah. Uh, the cost cap, I guess, has already brought it to that to a point. Um, I'm not talking that this is going to happen in like very soon, but something like IndyCar is a great example that that was, you know, once like Formula One and now it's a, a spec series. I'm not saying this is going to happen in like 2020. Well, it's not going to happen in 2026 because clearly that's the case, but they are going towards more spec parts. They want to keep the cost down. They've realized that it's not, it's just stupid for people like Mercedes and Red Bull to be spending half a billion pounds a year um, and then wondering why the sport isn't competitive because I'm one of these people that just wants to see exciting racing. And I think a lot of people do that watch the sport. Um, so maybe, you know, like I'm talking like 2040 here and stuff, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if one day, it depends how much we're talking spec series, because obviously F2s and the the likes, um, or like IndyCar where maybe like manufacturers supply the whole sort of package and things like that. But yeah, um, they, they don't need to build the cars. They can stick their engines in there. And at the end of the day, the best teams still rise to the top. Uh, you see that in Formula 2, like the same teams win, even though it's a spec series, they're never identical. And I think if F1 was a spec series, Mercedes would still, uh, Mercedes and Red Bull and Ferraris would be the better teams. But I wouldn't rule it out completely um, in the future, uh, kind of similar to what, I was talking about, but I can see by the chat that no one agrees with me. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Uh, I was just, I was laughing my head off actually at uh, the the chat. All of them just going, Tommy is washed. Uh, 58% voted for one, 29% yeah. voted for two, 6% three, 4% five, and then 3% four. Uh, so like there's not a huge amount uh, of There's a hot take. agree with you. That is very hot. It's a hot reply from you. Um <laughs> I think I, I I don't see it happening. I feel like there's too even in 2040. I think there's too much power within the manufacturers, the big teams in the sport that they would never agree to closing that gap. Because what what have they got to gain? They are willing to spend the money. They make that money back if they're winning or somewhere near the front. Uh, that I I can't. Yeah, I don't I don't know how it would work either really um but look that's the beauty of hot takes wednesday tommy coming in with some clutch response there um <laughs> uh, not that anyone Still washed, though. Really, no one agreed yeah really washed uh your hot take got uh simmered down real quick with uh, how washed that was um but thank you very much tommy this take comes in from electro blue 0101 russell will continue to outshine lewis in every season here on out as long as they remain teammates Okay, brace yourselves, Team LH. 
It's okay. We can talk about it. Oh, outshine. I don't know if George Russell outshone Lewis Hamilton. No, I think it's fair to say that he outshone Lewis Hamilton. Um, I feel like Lewis had a, a slightly poorer start to the season, lost quite a lot of points through bad qualifyings and different setups and whatever. I personally don't think Russell will outscore Hamilton next year. I think that Lewis still very much got it. The car, I believe, will be very good. And I think Mercedes will be world champions in 2023, but we'll get on to that another day. So I am going to give that a two, purely because I think there is a chance that Russell could still could still beat Hamilton in the championship. Um, but I don't think it's fair to say he outshone Lewis. He did an amazing job, but Hamilton also had some incredible races uh, in 2022. Yeah, I agree. Um, I can't give it a one because... I think you did a, I think Katie did an article and asked all our opinions on what kind of hasn't been spoken about enough. And I agree with you that George Russell actually beating Hamilton, regardless of all the, you know, reasons and, oh, he's doing this, he's doing that, hasn't really been sort of given the recognition it deserves. People, for some reason, still think Russell's like really overrated and crashed all the time in the season and stuff like that, which I didn't, I didn't really get. Um, But yeah, I don't think he's going to, wipe the floor with Hamilton every single season. That's like a very bold claim to kind of go that far in. I think it would be close um, and Russell will remain closer. And maybe even if Hamilton does stay for like four years, maybe George will hit his peak and Hamilton will, might tail off a little bit. Um, but I'm not, I don't think he'd wipe the floor with, with Hamilton every single year and, you know, if the Mercedes is good, I think the the races like Hungary, I think, are a great example. I know it's an, you're only picking one race, but Russell started on pole. Car wasn't at Hamilton's side. Was it seventh or something after the problem he had? And he came through the field and got to second, beat Russell. Um, I think he's the better driver when it's like you know normal circumstances. And uh, if that Mercedes was good, Hamilton's the one that I think would take the title over the season. It's going to be spicy if they do have that car because they could start taking points off each other, which is a Verstappen and Leclerc fan is music to our ears, really, because you know they if they start squabbling like Rosberg and uh, Hamilton and don't have the oh they're just going to win every race by a mile, that's going to close the title right up and be very juicy indeed. Absolutely, uh, the poll has, has suggested there's a bit of a split here. Thirty two percent voted for two. 30% voted for three, 14% for four, 14% for five, and 10% for one. So there is a, a split of opinion uh, across the board, but a lot sort of airing on the side of, of course, with two and three. So there you go. Interesting stuff. I can't wait to see how those two unfold in 2023, especially if they have a, a race-winning car from, from round one. Bring it on. All right, then, that is it. Thank you so much for listening or watching on Twitch uh, to this Hot Takes Wednesday. Sorry, it's been a little, little while since the last one, but we're back. Uh, we'll have another one next week as well, so look forward to that one. And we'll see you very soon for another podcast. Happy New Year, everyone, and we'll see you in the next one. Lots of love. Bye! Bye!